You're listening to Response Team Omicron, in the downtime of late spring, part one. As we kind of begin our downtime actions here um, for late spring, uh, we open with a couple of individuals rooting through uh, an intersection filled with wreckage, multiple mechs, um, the landmark colonial colors of uh, Winston's mech still kind of shining in the distance as uh, Olivia and Winston themselves currently stand on top of the now uh, nuclear detonated and now a wreckage of regret. The size 2 frame that currently sits in the middle of this intersection um, you guys do I think have on like hazard suits as a nuclear fusion basically explosion did go off not too recently not too long ago right where you're standing essentially you're really good at this type of stuff because you know mm-hmm. slightly better at salvaging things than I am um, what do you think are going to be the most usable parts I mean, most of it's pretty old. It's a matter of finding what wasn't destroyed. Anything that anything that would have been thicker or shielded that could have survived that blast. Fair enough. Like that over there, that looks like that part. No, that's melted. Um, hmm. I'm going to dig over here and see if I can find anything. Um, if anything still seems intact, pull it. We can take it apart back in the hangar and see okay. whether or not it's actually still usable. Sounds good. I'm really interested in Winston's like running the numbers of this thing. Um, mm. And I assume they're going to come back a little. They, they will come back a little weird um, as you run the numbers and you kind of look at it. It comes back it, it follows the same kind of patterns as a lot of the late second committee uh, sorry yes the late second committee uh, chassis that were made after um, Max kind of became came into vogue uh, here on Hercinia early on um, and uh, running the numbers you do kind of see that they uh, the, the subroutines that, were, that would often govern the mech seem to have things that would reference like the pilot's you know interface as much as just mech routines so whenever somebody was in it there's the entirely the possibility that somebody could have the mech influence their subjectivity something you can you've learned through running those numbers as well um, is looking at something like the code that was still, you know, still salvageable over the course of this time, looking at all the parts and pulling the pieces that are able to be pulled. It does share a lot of similarities. And I think once you guys get back to the hangar with the salvageable pieces, um, and you kind of reference code base for a lot of current mechs um, that are currently in circulation throughout the many licensed manufacturers, you would also note that a lot of its code base is now in pieces molded into the Tokugawa frame, but there is no no reference of this frame currently amongst the, the licensed databases. Hmm. 
well, this seems really, really out of place. Uh, so as you say that, you look over and uh, Olivia is in the process of wiring two different things together. What's what's up? So this doesn't... What's the best way? This particular frame setup, it makes sense. It's just... It's definitely out of place. What do you mean? So... The amount, so you're familiar with, with how all license levels work and how you, how we interact with those on a regular basis. Um, the, 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 the license level here matches up to, uh, Tokugawa, but this is definitely not Tokugawa specs. There's nothing Tokugawa about this. It's almost like somebody tried to make a Tokugawa and this is what came out. And this is definitely, definitely not on brand. Also, a lot of the components here predate almost anything else. That makes sense with what I'm seeing. A lot of this seems like it's a lot of spare parts. Here, hold this, hold these wires for a moment. Sure. Yeah, it's, it does look cobbled together with what I'm seeing, um, which is kind of a bonus for us because some of this may actually be usable in some of our new frames. But yeah, I'm I'm for the mechanical side, I'm seeing the same thing you are. Yeah, it's out of place would be the least thing I could say about it. So the question is, if this was cobbled together, was it cobbled together 500 years ago or was it cobbled together recently? Hmm. Those are two very different situations of capability. Very, very different. As we've been assuming, they've just been using mechs they found, but if they're able, if they're building new mechs out of old scrap, then that's... That's a whole different situation. Yeah. Do you want to go looking throughout the OmniNet for any more information on this? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Okay. Go ahead and make me a grit roll. Um, with any applicable skill triggers you think would fit. I assume hack fix does not work for looking through the Omnet for specific things like this. Uh, I mean, if you're going to go through some of the less than legal channels to to go through it, um, I would say you could probably leverage that. Sure. So. I like a plus seven to my role, so. What do you have in? Uh, well, I was going to ask if I could also do it, but if, if Winston has plus seven, then I'm not even going to worry about it. <laughs> So that's a uh, 19. I did not crit, so it's 12 plus. Okay. Um, you still find out with a 19, though, a, a decent amount. So you can, uh, looking through back through and diving into Harrison Armory's kind of history on the Tokugawa, um, you can see that it references a, an original experimental project. Um, diving into some of their, their backend stuff in your less than legal channels, um, you can then find out that this was originally called an Enkidu. Um, it is essentially something that was designed late into the Hercinian crisis with an end result that often referenced stuff outside of Hercinia itself. And you you know it, a lot of times it'll reference this is the, the testing ground for it was Hersinia, but its use was 
uh, often reference to to quell dissidents and things of that nature. And you can see where like a couple of project reports uh, list multiple difficulties. A lot of it being the the biggest one being the washout rate for the program itself, um, and and the amount of conditioning that survivors had to to go through um, to to survive essentially the after effects. Okay, well that's not good. But it does mean it's from the past, which is good. Oh, I meant the I meant the amount of dropout rate situation. Oh, yeah. that reeks of uh, some problems later. Yeah, with that knowledge, it's probably best if none of us try and copy this. I don't disagree. Oh no! After that fight, I don't know how keen any of us would be to see this thing on the battlefield again. So I'm going to go over and see what things we can get from the actual project itself, though. Are you looking for more information from the project? I'm looking at the excuse for why we can, if, if Skip wants to pick up, you know, talons later that we have the specs. Gotcha. On. Okay. That's my list of extensive, uh, like, thing. Mm. That makes sense. Because I'm looking for, because every license level comes with stuff. So. Yes. What stuff comes with this particular license level? Um, stuff that comes with this mech, not specific to this license level because it doesn't exist as a license level anymore. Um, but the kind of the big, big talk, like big things were that those, those arcs of plasma and those talons, um, which when they're not the ones that were on this frame that you can kind of see from some of the project data, uh, kind of indicate almost these, these talons are almost malfunctioning because they were shooting in arcs of plasma instead of these mm-hmm. true whip like things that they should have been. Mm-hmm. But you get the feeling that the, the talons themselves could probably be replicable to use on other mechs, um, would still require the same amount of heat that, um, that they, that they do for their stuff. Sorry, their stuff. Um, you do kind of get the idea that they would require the same heat, requirement um essentially to have a a mech be in the danger zone for them to function properly Mm -hmm. so at least in the current state yeah makes sense cool um yeah then i will send i will actually just send the schematics over to uh skip and let him know what we found because that seems way further up his alley gotcha and then i will pointed out to uh, Olivia that we are dealing with experimental tech. And if she wants to take a longer look at it, that is definitely much more her field than mine, but we do have some new interesting stuff. Yeah, I can, I can look at it some. Um, Most of even what we salvaged here is completely shot. I mean, I can, I can probably see how some of it went together, but as far as getting usable pieces out of this, I don't, I don't know that that's going to be possible be able to make some gadgets out of it. I don't know. Nothing wrong with that. Won't be anything useful, but could be fun. Legit. Are you looking to to make various gadgets out of the the leftover parts? I mean, that was more of a throwaway line, but I mean, I can. (laughs) Okay, I mean, it's a... You should do it. Do it. Okay, yeah. I got hacker fix. (laughs) You do have hacker fix. I would absolutely allow you to use it. Could I use my background on this? As the manager, making things work with what I have. Sure. Oh, it's a stretch. 
You could say no. I, I'm going to say no because you're trying to just make gadgets out of things. Yeah, and yeah. your background is that more in administrative managerial, doing what you can with what you have. What yeah. if you delegate it down, though, like a good manager? <laughs> I'll, I'll bring all of Evergreen's mechanics in on this. It's it's great use of time. A good yeah. A good manager knows how to delegate it down. <laughs> oh, that's a good roll. I rolled a 23 total, so I think Jeez. Olivia has this. <laughs> you do indeed. Uh, you can make a litany of, of trinkets and gadgets. Um, you know, a couple of nice, like, plasma plasma cutter types and, like, handheld things using some of that t- technology that still is functional. Um, over the course of utilizing this and doing these sort of gadgets, you also realize that you could probably get, you know, with, you know, proper authorization, all other... Um, administrative loopholes that you have to jump through. You could probably either get this added onto a frame or, you know, the frame is pretty much replicable even without a license level attached to it. So you just have to get, get the, the printer to print it should somebody wish to. But um, Yeah. I kind of, after a few hours, I hold up one of those and I, I light up the plasma cutter. I'm like, Hey, Winston, look at this. Ooh, nice. You know, now that I've done this, I'm fairly certain we could retrofit this to other frames if we wanted to. It's it's an option. Be interesting. Yeah, we can throw it out. This was fun. Thank you for uh for inviting me to do this with you. Of course. What else why else would I, you know, we gotta spend some time together, hang out more, figure out what's going on. You know how I am. I don't get to tinker much anymore, so this is this is always fun. You do enjoy tinkering. I mean, when I don't shock myself, yeah, it's fun. Fair enough. Not shocking yourself is a pretty good idea. I bet Skip would like this. We should show this to him. Yeah, probably. Uh, at that time, you get a response to the message where you sent me the schematics. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so an excuse to like overload the mech. <laughs> Just like push it. Interesting. And like there, there's like an ellipses after interesting, like with no further comment. <laughs> and as you guys continue to kind of tinker with it, make some other kind of fun gadgets and gizmos, um, we we transition scenes. Balthazar and Travis, as they approach the Shouse's farmhouse, as they approach, some time has passed between the end of our narrative portion and the beginning of these town time vignettes. Uh, time to mourn those that they have lost uh, across all of Evergreen, especially in our party. Um, and they approach these shouses in order to find out some information that maybe the Grey Towns has heard since they uh, were last in contact or knew anything about the raiders, um, as well as the history of Hersinia as a whole. Um, these houses are standing out on their nice, you know, front porch. That's that nice wraparound style, I think. I don't know if really told too much about the actual farmhouse itself. Um, and they're waiting for you with a smile upon their face and happy to see you alive and well, Balthazar. You bring a friend this time. Yes, uh, we've come uh, both to see how things are going out here and also... We are um, 
We are here on a mission that will benefit everyone. We've come in search of information about the people behind the attacks on Evergreen. Um, All right. Well, please come in. Uh, some of our usual group uh, has wa has been waiting for us since you have organized this meeting. Um, pleasure to meet you uh, again. I believe I do recall you back here a while ago, months ago. So, it's good to see so many familiar faces here. Um, uh, Farmers Schaus, do you recall uh, Travis? I do. Travis, you know, I realize I don't actually know your last name. Uh, Marshall. Marshall. Actually. And this is Travis Marshall, yeah. everyone. Uh, Travis, this is the council. A uh, pleasure to meet you all. At a long table sit a myriad of individuals from multiple... You would almost say walks of life. You have a few people in lab coats. Uh, you have a lot of farmers, a lot of individuals, some merchants tile, mercantile, excuse me, um, individuals in terms of the way that they mostly uh, both their wear as well as how they handle themselves. But they all give you mostly either nods, smiling faces, and uh, a couple of waves um, as, as they are sitting there. Um, they all kind of look to you between the two of you and go uh, Dr. Maracato um, is also there and um, she kind of looks to between two of you and goes you need the information on the Raiders? Yes, uh, we were hoping that the council overseeing progressive evolution might be able to help uh, uncover uh, unearth and uh, bring into the spotlight the people behind these attacks. They must be attacking for a reason. Um, perhaps we can find some way to settle this. Uh, or perhaps we can just find a way to better protect the people of uh, both Evergreen and the Great Towns from the depredations of uh, mechanized warfare. Also, you catch more fish with a wider net. Anything you can think of that might be intel intelligence or Something you may have seen or may have heard could give us a lead. And we're happy to help however we can. This is why I brought Travis along. <laughs> he'll, he'll like, he'll kind of like quirk his head a little bit and kind of like try to shape back up. Like, it's like, what? Okay. <laughs> um, the, they, most of the council has been nodding as you guys have been saying these things and kind of paying attention and listening. Um, and I think this would be the good point to do the roll for this downtime action um, for the gather information. So, Balthazar, right. if you want to give me a grit I roll. Do. Plus... And I get to add investigate, I think. Mm -hmm. I would believe you get to add investigate. But I also have the... I'm going to use my organization, which is plus... Yes. In, yep. If, it's, it's both of its ratings, so... Uh, I have a 21. On a 20 plus, you get what you're looking for with no complications. Um, so you utilizing your uh, the, the council and their wealth of knowledge and resources um, over the course of, I think, a few hours and um, various Omninet, you know, a f a multiple kind of Omnet tablets are being passed around. Things are being looked at. Um, the uh, 
food the is being served. Kind of, absolutely. Um, the Shouses have set out food, a bunch of more appetizer style, but still a lot of food is out. Um, so you, you could take your pick of pretty much there, anything that you could think of that they could provide. Um, and you were able to get the information that you are looking for. Um, the information you're looking for is where the Raiders are coming from and who they are. Yes. I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, you were able to gather over the course of these few hours that the individuals that have been raiding, that you guys have labeled Raiders up until this point, often refer to themselves as Rangers. Um, and the uh, they never refer to their city and you assume this is probably due to um probably a comms a, a decision not to expose where they are or what their location their name of their home is um but they have a they often reference a place west which is what they would call their home um and you know this from the people have, who have recorded things from the comms lines and stuff of that nature local stuff that they've gathered um, as they kind of pass through the gray towns. So that is what you know of them from the information you're able to gather through the council's um, knowledge base. And Travis, you've got to try this cheese. It's from, well, they say it's from a Hercinian goat, but they don't look anything like goats. Space goat cheese. Alien goat cheese. All right. I mean, I've, I've been shot at before. This can't be that much worse. Mm. It, it's an interesting texture. That's. Yeah, I was not expecting the grit in that. Hmm. I could get used to it. So uh, why did you react so strongly when they uh, you found out they called themselves Rangers? <laughs> I mean it's it's part of my call sign. I uh it's an important part of my past and I don't I don't uh take lightly to it being uh, uh usurped. Is that connected to how you lost your faith? In a way, yeah. I I saw you clutch at your neck. Uh I recognize the, the look of one who has had what they believe in fail them. Yeah, that's 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 really interesting, actually. Um, are we and we're still like at the at like eating and? Yeah, I would say by this point, it's a few hours have passed. I would say the conversation is is kind of moved on to other things. A lot of smaller group conversations happening now. Okay. That the actual investigation point has reached a logical conclusion. Um, everybody's pretty happy with the findings and things of that nature. You know. Okay. Um. So Travis will kind of just. You will see him like not sheepishly. Like I mean, like he's a big guy. He doesn't really do much much things sheepishly. But he he's kind of like making sure not like not too many people are looking when he he does this. He so um he kind of pulls out the chain and it's a it's, it's a near pierce it's pierce silver chain, and on it is a uh, I don't even think if it's gonna be a full moon or a half moon. Uh, let's do a blue half moon. Um. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I lost a lot, um, when I lost someone very close to me, um, and, 
you know, things I, ta- I was taught when I was younger and things people in my community talked about, um, weren't, they weren't there to help. And, uh, if I was older, stronger, something, I probably could have helped. Um, this, <laughs> he'll kind of hold it up a little bit more so it's in the light. Um, so you, like, like I said, you see a, a silver chain with that blue half moon on it. Uh, my mother, um, loved the, uh, the moon just, uh, just outside of density. And, um, this is, uh, this is what I have of, have to remember her by. It's, uh, it's kind of to remind myself that you can't put everything on faith. And it's nothing against your faith at all. It's just, uh, different experiences, you know? I take no offense. Uh, I think that faith is there for, for people who need it. Um, it is a part of what helps when um, when life reminds you that it is in fact a bitch and a half. And Balthazar hands yeah. Travis a, a, a drink. Um, <laughs> you say you lost yeah. a lot. Uh, and I don't know the circumstances of your loss. Uh, more of what your grief has uncovered. But I do know um, that the man I see now, uh, that the desire to help to travel halfway across the galaxy uh, to some backwoods planet, Hmm. you say if you were stronger, if you were older, um, but in that moment, you got to meet part of who you really are. And today I did as well. So cheers <laughs> to that. Certainly. And he'll clink his glass with yours. It's, uh, I don't do that a lot. You're uh, almost criminally good with that. Actually, <laughs> even the most tightly kept secret and most painful wound needs to be examined from time to time, even just to see how gross the pus is around it. That is viscerally true. I can't even. I can't even discredit that. Actually, now try these space chips. The- and- and then uh, I, oh, Balthazar, okay. Balthazar just plies Travis with different foods. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, it fits. He Travis usually only eats MREs and other military grade meals, so this is a lot of this is like a new culinary adventure for him. It, a- after mentioning the the pus, okay, all right, sure. <laughs> um. Travis, the food is delicious. Um, a welcome change from MREs and some of the more bland stuff you sometimes have. 
currently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as the evening well wears on, um, co- talks of conversation turn into talks of um, just, you know, relaxing, unwinding from the stress and the craziness of the past few weeks. Uh, the past week really has been um, since the the attack on Evergreen and the rebuilding process that is still going on. Um, as we shift away from the Shouse's uh, farmhouse, as their farms are still being tended to by far less uh, subalterns than we've seen in the past, as we move on, we traverse outside of the digital space back into the real world um, to the barracks area. Um, we've already been here a couple of other times, but this time there is Travis and Skip uh, currently standing around a group of militia members. Um, as they currently have a, a map of Evergreen laid out on a table um, with Brava Hadura as well as a lot of the other officers and militia members kind of gathered around um, as they're kind of be getting a discussion with Travis and Skip included about uh, bolstering the defenses of Evergreen. So, um, Brava kind of goes over the, the, the current status and um, plans they have set in place for the defense of Evergreen, where the walls are, um, where the planned wall expansions will be once the uh, buildings have been built and things of that nature further south and west as they've been doing that deforestation that has happened over the course of the time that you guys have been here. Um, you know, pointing out where those lines are, you can see like the, the little lines in the uh, drawn out on the map and then the the tele the, the photo from overhead from a drone uh, patched together over three or four images um, currently uh, where they where everything currently is uh, some circles have been drawn out on where posts of militia members are on each side of the walls um, and then uh, kind of Bravo kind of go so that is our current plan. Um, I know that you all have experience outside of just evergreen and militia warfare. So if you know how to make a thing more defensible, a city that we're turning into this colony, I would greatly appreciate the input. Absolutely. Um, I mean, this is also why I brought... Uh, skip along too, because I feel like his his talents are uh, good at uh, subverting normal combat tactics and uh, helping us think on our feet. Uh, what I was looking to uh, focus on, and you know, Skip, you can absolutely have your input as well, is I want to make sure every inch of the inside of these walls is fought for. When you make your enemy have to fight for every square inch, as opposed to them going from street to street then it makes it a lot harder for them to keep their morale up. You guys live in this city. You guys live this city. You guys are this city. If you make your weapons part of the city too, make every doorway a possible sniper point, every, every you know, manhole a possible, you know, trapped or charge, then yes, you could be damaging the city, but you're also making the enemy scared. And when the enemy is scared, they hesitate. And when they hesitate, they're already taken out before they even know it. 
And what do you what do you think, Skip? Uh, I, for the most part, agree. Um, the only issue that I'm having is that if you have every single square inch at all times defended, then you're just as much divided because an attacker will always come from one spot. That's fair, and that's also why I wanted you here because I, I tend to think brute force. So having you around is going to be a boon to the training here and the exercises that could help out. While uh, having people around is always going to be good for defending, I think it's just as much important to like have very, very accurate surveillance mm-hmm. to know where the enemy is striking before they even start. That's a good point. Bravo, do you have a, a a map or a schematic of your surveillance options and or postings already in the city? Or um... They will kind of pull up, uh, one of the officers kind of pulls out a tablet and looks at it, begins kind of marking up the, the, the map a little bit further with a different colored marker and kind of mm-hmm. indicating where surveillance spots currently are. Most of them kind of fall in line with where their militia postings are. Um, but as as he's doing that, uh, Bravo will kind of chime in with, I do know that Patience is currently working on securing a satellite for both short and long range reconnaissance of the planet as a whole. So that will definitely expand the operations and the options we have in terms of surveillance of Evergreen should another attack arise. That's good. That's that, I mean, that's excellent. But we also want to consider your train that you're not going to have as much help as you as you need. My, at least in my experience, you know, I've been in many a foxhole when I've been told, hey, reinforcements are inbound and I've waited days. You always want to prepare that you are not going to have the support you need. That way, when you do have it, you're already set and ready to go. And she'll, she'll nod at that and go, which makes sense. Um, I guess my my follow-up with the, the square inch piece that both of you have kind of mentioned in one way or another, is there a good way to make that happen? Is the best way just to loosely train our citizens outside of the militia and, and have them, you know, at least loosely prepared, maybe not always ready, but loosely prepared in such a case? Um, and, you know, we can basically just have them... If they have like a rally point or you know another place where they can procure weaponry to then defend their homes. Would that make sense as a reasonable version of what you're trying to achieve there? Absolutely. I think also bre- uh, breaching breaching tactics, uh, repelling breaching tactics, basically anything that you can. I think the goal probably should be to train the militia first, and I mean I'm. I'm not the most, you know, charismatic guy. This I know. So it's going to come better from your people, your militia, talking to their citizens about, hey, this is what we've learned. This is how we, we should implement this. As opposed to two schmucks from out of town who think that, who, you know, as as much work as we are doing here, we're happy to help. I know the, I know the effect of morale boosting. And it's going to be better if it comes from your people after we train them you know, they're, they'll be, they'll make better references and better jokes than, than either of us can. I can almost ensure it. But I think training on broad spectrum, uh, breaching tactics, um, and with Skip's help, how to counter breach and looking at your uh, security grid here, 
Skip can point out points of failure and we can shore those up. Skip doesn't respond, but you can notice when you guys start talking about training uh, the, the citizens that there's like a noticeable shift in his demeanor. Like he's not super comfortable with that, but okay. without saying anything, he just grabs out his notebook and he starts sketching out where he would put posts up because you mentioned like spots of like where this would be good for a tower here or spots right. of weakness here. He immediately starts focusing on that because while he's not super comfortable with the whole thought of the civilians, he, uh, he is still going to like want, he wants to help just not, he's not super comfortable with that method. I would say like, are you, are you trying to hide that from, from anybody? Even if Skip wanted to, he doesn't have the social social skills to do so. So exactly. So then I don't think it, it's really a role. But I think Travis, you can clock it that there is there's a noticeable shift into uncomfortableness, and I think Brava does as well um, as that conversation happens. Okay. Um, and and you know you you mentioning that it coming it from you know hurt people towards that sort of thing, and she goes, well, I mean, we used to have a lot more of us back when this was a calmer place, and and I know. A good number of citizens that uh, do not currently have militia duties, um, which she puts in air quotes, because they're busy helping out with the other parts of the colony that currently need the infrastructure and, and manpower or person power, I guess. Whatever. Um, manpower, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. Humankind, I mean, yeah. So we would have people kind of covering certain houses or certain defensible points that you guys kind of did. We can lean on your expertise on where to best utilize a number of forces in a certain way or how to do that. But I think if, you know, individuals are up to defending their homes, I should give, I don't feel like not giving them the option to at least learn some basics to keep them alive longer, essentially. Oh, of course. Should something actually breach the walls. Like, you know, in the more serious force than the than the ones that did a few weeks ago. And I mean, I guess I, I didn't stress this part enough, but it should absolutely people who, who should want to. And I think that's the best way to do that. Yeah. Because if you force them, then it's going to it's going to it's going to make it it's going to be an issue. Yeah, it's going to be worse. Yeah, no, that was not the intent. But I know a good number of people that I've spoken with since especially since the, the walls have been breach that, that harbor a, a desire to at least learn should there be more less mech fighting and more personnel fighting of course and i mean Baraba, do you remember the battle of aquas 9 it was during the first interest wars when the Kerrigan forces who had intimate knowledge of the terrain and used guerrilla tactics made the highly trained union forces look like boot camp rats it's all in your knowledge and how you apply it Baraba kind of looks at you puzzledly for a moment and goes I will have to give that they look. I don't have a whole lot of knowledge on it, unfortunately. Um, I've been mostly focused on here, and for it, but it sounds very much up the alley of what we're trying to do here. So definitely a history book I'll, I'll have to look into. Do you recommend it's a good read and good tactics from that, actually? Yeah. So I'm thinking from that point, um, all of us would kind of either utilizing actual, like, like training, uh, weaponry and like going to like broken down parts of buildings to kind of use that or even just using the hollow the hollow rooms me and skip would kind of engineer scenarios and 
train them for that. Obviously, keeping the yes. union officer, the sorry, union, ugh, the mil- militia officers close knit on the process and what we're doing, and this, that, and the other. I think um, that makes sense. I think this is where we will we will have the role done for putting the work. Okay. Um. So I think it would be. Uh, I think you could utilize uh, your your newfound skill and leadership. Yeah, that's a plus two. Mm-hmm. As well as your your plus one for your grit. Yeah. So plus three to the d twenty. Here we go. Hey, it's a nineteen total. A nineteen. Awesome. Um. On a 10 to 19, take a segment on the defense of Evergreen Clock, but only if you do one of the following. Get additional help from someone, sacrifice some of your health, dignity, or sanity, uh, or undertake it, or, or undertake an especially difficult or hazardous project. I mean, we already got we already got skip there. I feel like unless unless it takes away from skipping and being able to do something, I'll let the, I'll, that's a uh, that's up to you. Well, I mean, the, the idea, I think, is uh, get additional help, I would say, for somebody outside of the scene already. Oh, Maybe how that, okay. that has worked. Yeah. Everybody else is going to be kind of busy. Okay. Remember, uh, downtime is kind of an, an amalgamous time frame oh, between okay. mission and mission. So while they ha- while we have scenes of them doing other things, they can be theoretically available for the scene that you're trying that you might need additional help from you know what because the player is going to miss roxy so goddamn much i'm going to actually pull roxy for some help i mean roxy would be the most qualified as also why i want to do it that makes complete sense (laughs) uh roxy if you're not if your runtime isn't uh completely taken up by some other things we could use your assistance what specifically are you looking for um, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get the militia ready to repel forces from uh, multiple points. We're trying to show them where there's holes in their security, how to how it can be circumvented, and how uh, and how to uh, counteract those circumventions. And uh, we figured somebody who can run simulations that are very highly accurate and very informative would be probably the best asset on this situation. I suppose I can adjust my simulations so that they are not related to combat. You would be too difficult. Excellent. Thank you for your help. I would say to warn the militia, make sure they are prepared. Oh, we can prepare them. Roxy will have fun with that. That's oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. Over the course of, I, I would say, days and uh, multiple training sessions to get them kind of spooled up on CQC combat breaching, counter breaching, uh, as well as skips, um, uh, very, I, I want to say candid is I think the word that maybe fits the best for what uh, skip points out. Um, Do you want me to make a roll for it? I don't think you need to. Cause it, it like, unless you want to make a grit roll outside of that, it's not something that would be like a, a downtime action roll. So, well, no, I meant like inventor create to, to make this diagram of like, here's all the choke points and flaws in your current situation. Uh, I mean, you can't. I'd say you could just make one. I don't think you need to make a roll for it because it's, yeah. it's not adding anything to the mechanical benefit. Um, but with this help overall, um, you have added to your defensive evergreen clock 
Gotta make sure there's a legacy for Roxy to leave behind. Woot! <laughs> Roxy is also going to be participating in helping with the with the clock anyway, so maybe all of, all of this clock stuff is just some Roxy legacy. I know. I uh, my heart. Um, which is now four pieces. Thanks to that. Um, so that is four pieces of integrity and readiness to Evergreen's defenses at the current time. Good shit, team. So, um, after a few weeks, they leave and you all feel comfortable with the uh, teaching that you have done. Um, you essentially set them free to go and then teach the citizens who wish to be taught on some of the basics that you, they have they have been refining over the course of you guys. Uh, running those simulations and those uh, training scenarios. Thank you for listening to Response Team Omnicron. Our special guest for late spring is Jesse Pillow, and our cast for this season is Anna Woten, First Strike, J.R. Zambrano, Paul Marchant, and Unity Marine. This podcast is story told, produced, and edited by Fettuccini, with additional marketing and content creation from Anna Woden, and combat narrative writing from J.R. Zambrano and First Strike. Links to everyone I've just mentioned will be in the description. This podcast is recorded in Squadcast, edited in Adobe Audition, with additional sound effects and music from Epidemic Sound. Once again, thank you very much for listening to Response Team Omnicron. We hope to hear from you very soon, so keep your eyes on the Omninet for the next episode. <laughs>